All right, we are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast, and I'm excited for this one. Uh, I think we're going to really dive into a topic that is going to be mind-blowing for those who have been following us on this journey, studying wealth equity and wealth overall. And I believe our guest today is going to really break down something that most people in the world of business and investing are not talking about. And so I'm always excited uh, for those conversations. Joining me on today's episode is Adonis Lockett. Welcome to Black Equity Podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, trying to make it in these streets. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. I know you are the the uh, principal of L&H Capital, uh, founder of MyRE360. And I'm, I want to go through later on in this episode, uh, a program that you put together that I've been uh, diving into and studying, and I want our audience to know about it as well. Tell us a little bit about your background, and then I want to uh, just dive into some of the philosophies you have around wealth. Sure, sure, absolutely. So um, my background is actually um, uh, in engineering. My degree is electrical mechanical engineering. Um, I actually you know, graduated college, actually never intending to be an engineer. The engineering degree was always just to be a fallback plan on whatever it is that I wanted to do from an entrepreneurial standpoint. So I figured engineering, you know, whatever venture I take, it doesn't work. I could jump back into an industry that's, you know, safe and, uh, and, and it's uh, abundant and it's need and abundancy and, and, and compensation. My first two, three years um, out of college, I went through five, six layoffs because that was, you know, I hate to kind of <laughs> date myself, but um, back in the 08 recession, and there was a layoff every three months, and I was working with government defense companies. So it was layoff after layoff. Literally every three to five months, there was a layoff my first two years in the industry. So say right around 2010, I decided that um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in real estate. And in my first, my first deal, I made more in 62 days than what I net in a year as an engineer. After that, I was like, I'm done. You know, I was like, oh, if I can do this part-time in two months, imagine what I could do full-time. So packed up shop and uh, started my investment firm. I want to say not even six months later and never looked back. That's now say, yeah, four, almost 14 years ago now. When you say you start your investment firm, is that the, the same firm that, that you have today or is it has yeah. it morphed since? So. It, it, I mean, it's evolved. Um, originally, I was flipping houses and fixing credit, right? Gotcha. Because in 2010, 11, 12, everyone had bad credit. So I was like, hey, listen, I'm going to sell you a house and then I'm going to fix your credit. And what I realized when I was fixing people's credit, I got real good at it. So I'm like, I would have one house, but nine people who um, needed a house. So I was like, okay, I got to flip more houses, but I couldn't flip houses as quickly as, as I could fix people's credit. So I'm like, okay, well, I need to make sure. So I'll start referring people over to real estate. This real estate agent, he closed like 30 deals with my people. Didn't give me a dollar for a referral. Wow. I was like, nah, you know what? I need to figure out a way to keep that business in-house. So I created a real estate brokerage. Now, I am not licensed, but I was able to create a real estate brokerage um, leveraging a licensed broker who wanted a good operator, created a brokerage, hired a bunch of agents. So now I'm selling people houses, the ones who didn't buy my house, I would turn them over to my in-house agent and now I will start making money that way. Again, referring them over, now I got mailbox money. What ended up happening is that um, we got real good at fixing credit start with could afford more houses so my credit customer base started blowing up so i'm like man you know there's you know customers now who is love working with my agents but had a bad experience with the loan officers not calling them back i said i need to control that narrative if they're going to buy a house from me or work with my agents i want them to also have a great experience with the loan officer so i said i need to create a mortgage brokerage so again not licensed i am not licensed uh, to to do loans but i got Someone who was licensed came and introduced myself as the perfect operator. So I created a mortgage brokerage. So now if you were buying a house, I fixed your credit and sold you my house. And if you didn't buy one of my houses, I turned you over to one of my real estate agents and my loan officer. So I'm getting paid multiple times that way. As this business model grew, I got real good at buying houses. But now wholesalers are taking all the deals out of the all the all the money out of these wholesale deals. So I said, you know what? I got to stop buying from wholesalers. I need to start sourcing my own deals. 
got real good at sourcing my own deals to the point where I'm buying two, three houses a month, but I'm getting 10 really good deals a month. So I'm like, I need to create a wholesale business and start making money wholesaling those deals. Um, sure enough, got real good at it, started referring people over to this uh, hard money lender. I had to have sent them at least 10, $15 million, didn't get a dollar referral, kickback, thank you, anything. Wow. I said, you know what? I need to keep, so I need to keep that business in house. And, and my, here's what, what I realized. And I didn't realize that this was a thing. I went to a conference and I was telling everyone, yeah, I flip houses, got a brokerage, you know, mortgage brokers, real estate brokers. And I'd be referring my wholesale deals. I referred over to my lender and they were like, well, if you refer business over to me, this is a lender, a hard money lender I was talking to. He's like, I'll pay you. I was like, you will? He's like, yeah, you know, you're going to send me bills. And he was like, just to know, just so you know, that's actually one of the biggest ways hard money lenders get business is by referrals. So we'll actually pay for referrals. So I went back home, called my hard money lender and said, would you pay me for to refer you to business? He's like, yeah. I was like, why wouldn't you have told me that? Yeah. His response, you never asked. Mm. So. I said, all right, well, I'm just going to start referring you. Um, You know, when I refer you deals for these people buying my wholesale deals, I want to get paid. And so every wholesale deal I closed, I got paid on the loan. So then I had people who came and said, hey, man, um, I got a deal. Um, and But I know you connected me. You said you had a guy, you know, I know me and you tried to do a deal. It didn't work. You said you had a guy that does, you know, really high, has a good loan program. Can you refer me? Said, absolutely. Referred him, got paid. I was like, hold on now. <laughs> that now became a vertical. Yeah. So then what I realized was now when I'm wholesaling deals, I'm now getting paid to refer them over to the lender. So then I took a step back and I'm like, I have an entire ecosystem where I can now control the narrative of my customer. And here's, and as this was happening, it, at first it became, a, I just want to make a revenue channel up until I realized I, I can actually build an ecosystem now where not only can I control the user's experience, um, but I can also monetize almost every part of the transaction. So now I would task my real estate agent, my one of the agents in my office to go find me the wholesale deal. We would get we would get paid as the agent of record. My wholesale team would then wholesale the deal, right? My I would then turn around and connect the buyer to the lender, right? So where we didn't do that on the wholesale side, my real estate agent will find a deal. We would buy the house, fix it up, then sell the house to a buyer where we were the loan officer of record. So anytime that they didn't want to buy our houses, we refer them over to the agents. We would get paid as the agent and the loan officer on the retail side. Wow. So I created an entire ecosystem where, and whether I was on the investment side or the consumer side of the business, I got paid at least three times, two to three times on every transaction. What I found in all of that was that the easiest dollar that I made in all of these verticals was selling another lender's money, telling these people about this lender and then them paying me. That I actually took that concept and ran with it. And literally overnight, not literally, but overnight, I ended up making more just brokering deals than selling houses, agent and loan and the loan officer commission overrides combined wow from there i was like because here's the thing that part of the business was the absolute easiest to do mm -hmm. so anyone who's ever bought a house you y'all know how grueling buying a house process the underwriting is brutal hard money loans we were closing deals in seven days ten days five or six documents desktop reviews we close we get it under contract on the first we're closing on the eighth or the ninth and then I started going out saying, hey, listen, if you need a hard money loan, I'm the guy you talk to and just overnight cranking them out 10, 15, 20 customers at a time, never walking the house, never getting a property under contract, but making more money in a fraction of the time with a fraction of the effort. And that became what is now LNH Capital, which is uh, the biggest revenue generator in between all offices and all business units combined. Wow. It's, it's powerful because that's where I enter into the story where I'm looking on social media one day and I see this video of you and I, I didn't, I, I hadn't heard of you at the time. And I see right. this, somehow your video makes it into my ecosystem or to uh, my algorithm. 
and you're champagne uh campaigning about uh selling money and how it's the easiest way in real estate and you know people are pushing these other ideas out about real estate wholesaling uh, or whatnot about other ways to get in and you're saying hey you need to look at selling the money and so i immediately start going through your content and trying to figure out well let me learn more about this now i have heard of hard money lending uh prior to uh bumping into your content, but I hadn't heard it from the perspective that you approached it. And then when I reached out to you and we had a chance to talk, you mentioned something to me that is stuck in my mind ever since. I literally repeated in my head every day about this idea of recycling money. Can you can you touch more on that idea for our audience who uh, may be coming across this for the first time? Sure. So uh, lending money um, for real estate, I don't know anything that's recycled more than the dollar in, in the lending aspect of real estate on the private sector, right? Because here's how it works. The guys at the very, so let me, I'm gonna, so this is actually, I actually explained this in um, the Smart Money Blueprint course, but this yeah. is how it works. The guy at the very, very top, right? These are the banks that make, you know, trillions of dollars or whatever, they give a dollar to this one company at one and a half, two percent, right? This company then gives that same dollar to another company at four percent. This company then gives that same dollar to another company at seven percent, who gives it to your hard money lender at 10 percent, who gives it to you at 12 percent, right? Now, the cool thing is, is that when I loan you that $100,000 at 12%, we'll go ahead and close the deal. I will now take that, that note. So this is a $100,000 note that I gave you, mm-hmm. and I'm going to sell it to the same guys that gave it to me for $100,000. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get my $100,000 back. So when you come back to me next week and say, Adonis, I need another $100,000 for our house. I'm like, here's another $100,000. I give it to you. I get this paper, I sell it right back to the same guys who are giving it back to me. And then that $100,000, I can move that $100,000 as many times as I can, as quickly as I can give it to them, give them this paper who wires me the $100,000 back to give to you to get this, to do it over and over and over again. I can make $100,000 look like $10 million if it's spaced out properly. And the cool thing is, when I say recycling money, when I'm when I'm giving the when I'm selling them this note that you know that I gave for you for twelve for twelve percent, right? I'm not selling it to the guys that gave it to me for ten. I'm selling it to the guys who are buying it at twelve twelve and a half percent, right? So I'm buying them. So now, when you ever get a notice that says, "Hey, we're now handling your account," you're going to send all payments to us. Don't send it to Adonis. I have pretty much done all of the work so they can collect the interest. Now, let me explain why that's important, right? When someone takes over a note, essentially what they've done is unofficially, they've hired me to do all the lifting. So I got to go find the customer, qualify them, verify them, vet them, underwrite them, get them all done. And then they will just buy this where it took me weeks or months of marketing, qualifying and everything. They'll just pay me one or 2% for them not to have to do all that work. But now when I sell them this note, they're now collecting the interest, making the money with zero overhead associated with it. So that hundred thousand that I initially gave you, I'm recycling that every five to 10 days. Mm. So for you, I got millions of dollars that I'm loaning out. What's actually happening is I'm recycling the same hundred thousand dollars every five to 10 days. And once you learn what you just said, I would think that the key is how do I get into the middle of that flow? Because if I can get into the middle of the flow of where the where the money is, then I can then profit off of that recycling of the money. Am I understanding that correctly? You are 100 percent right. But more than profit, when you understand how it works. This is where you can start carving up full business models. And that's what I was able to do. When I understood that these hard money lenders were closing deals in days, 
not weeks, not months. And they were paying me. The reason why they could pay me was because it was work they didn't have to do. So they're like, I will pay you to not have to do that work. So it was a no brainer for them to pay me. So to answer your question, that simple, hey, Adonis, what is it worth for me to bring you a deal that you don't have to do any work for? I just introduce you to someone who wants to get a loan right now. Mm. My first thought is, okay, well, if we're talking about, if I'm only going to charge them, you know, let's say 2%, is it worth half of what I'm going to charge them to bring a customer? Maybe, maybe not, depending on how my business is set up. Is it worth paying you something? Absolutely. So that's where now, and mm. what we teach in the Smart Money Blueprint is how to position yourself to say, hey, Adonis, I want you to, you and me to split the origination fee. Absolutely not. Hey, Adonis, I'm going to bring you a customer that I've qualified to your requirements. I know exactly what you want, what you're looking for. I know the documentation that you need. I've already prepared them, got them ready to send you the doc documentation the moment I introduce you. Now, can you and I split the fee? That's very different because you've cut my overhead. You've cut my the turn time and the hours I have to spend going through this customer. You've qualified them. So you've done a lot of the heavy lifting. So now it makes sense for you and I to split that fee because it's not like you just sent me a name and phone number and said, let's split it. That's a referral <laughs> fee. Right. 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 But I've if you're bringing done some a customer, work. right, I've done the legwork and now I'm the, the legwork that I've done means that you have to do less. You're paying people less. That means you can do less and get more. So unless you and I make a fee that you're comfortable with, I would take that deal every time. When you and I, I have more questions uh, uh, around this, but when you realize this, once the concept of this uh, ecosystem that you're referring to and the recycling of money uh, became part of your conscious, uh, how did you how did you process? Hey, this world of money and wealth and prosperity. Uh, if I'm in the middle of where the where the money resides, how come more people aren't talking about this? Uh, how did you process that in your mind as you began learning this? So here's how I'm going to answer that question. Okay. I go to these uh, conferences and there are hundreds, sometimes thousands of people, right? And a lot of times, I am one of the few minorities there, black, brown, whatever the case may be. At first, my thought was, man, no one's talking about this. Then I realized no one's talking about it in the rooms that I'm in. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because somebody's talking about it. Why I walk in there and there's six, seven hundred people there. There are a third of that room is doing exactly what I'm doing. Yet a third of that room looks nothing like me. They're talking about it. The difference is, is that I'm not in the right rooms where those conversations are being had. The money, the money is in a different room than where people are currently sitting down in. Exactly. Gotcha. Because this concept is not new about, you know, how to make money, sell the money. The thing about it is that it's being circulated amongst a very select group of people. And those are people that come from financing industry, the banking industry, the I understand the money industry. And those concepts are not radiated through a bunch of different communities. They're not radiated through at a bunch of different levels. That's why the financial, financial literacy, that whole conversation about financial literacy is like, it's so important because, you know, to that point, where do you even go to find the capital providers to know to start asking these questions? Right. And the, the the people at the banks aren't going to answer these type of questions for you. Where do you go where these people are exchanging information, are exchanging strategies, tips and tricks? Right. And if you're not uh, you're not familiar with that space, uh, we're not with that industry. And more importantly, within that industry, where to find that information, this will be happening all around you. And you never know that it's ha happening. Hence, you've heard of hard money. Right. But you don't know that the most of the biggest lenders in the space, 90, 80 to 90% of their business comes from brokers. Right. Right. You, but you uh, would never hear that. 
is that why, and I know I was going to mention this later, is that why you decided to sit down and do the smart money blueprint? Did you, Absolutely. What was part of it uh, being an advocate and maybe bringing this information to different rooms? So multiple reasons why the smart money blueprint was created. So, and let me just jump right into that. The smart money blueprint, that is a almost 40 hour education series on how to make money selling money. And the concept is simple. When you understand how, when you understand the money, you understand the business. When you understand how money works and real estate investing, there's no part of real estate investing you don't understand because the entire industry, no matter what subcategory of real estate investing you're in, is centered around the availability of money. Prime example, if you've ever spoken to a wholesaler, they will tell you two, typically two or three bullet points, one of which is always, hey, um, here's the purchase price, here's the ARV, right? The after repair value. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to sell you this house for 50000 but when you fix it up, it's going to be worth 100 Do you know why wholesalers always drop the ARV? Because what wholesalers do to get to their 50 they, there's a very simple and specific way they get to their price that they're selling to you. I take what this property is going to be worth. I know that investors are getting money at 70 or 75% of the after repair value. So I'm going to say if a house is worth 100,000, I know that they're going to get a loan for 75. I know the rehab is going to be 25. So I'm going to sell it to them for 50. I got it for 30. I can make 20. I got it for 40. I can make 10, et cetera, et cetera. So they understand how the money is structured for the buyer which is how they back into their number. Similarly, when I'm buying, when investors are buying properties, the first thing they do is pencil, how much is purchase and rehab going to be purchase plus rehab? How much of that is going to be of my ARV? So if I'm buying a house for 50, I got to put 25,000 in rehab. My loan is going to be for 75% of ARV. So if the house is worth 100,000, I'm going to get 75,000. Holy shit. I'm going to get the money for the purchase and the rehab. I want that deal. Wholesalers create their price based on the availability of money. The investors base their strategy based on the availability of money. The lenders base their availability of money based on the risk. The whole thing centers around the availability of money. So investors who are doing volume, you ask an investor who's buying two or three houses a month, what is your criteria? I want this area with this price, with these parameters, because when I buy within this box, I can buy in volume because I know that each property I buy, I'm only going to put up 5,000 bucks, 10,000 bucks. I know that when I exit, I'm going to get my 10,000 back. So if I put up $20,000, I got to put up 10,000 for each property. At the end of the month, I'm going to get my money back. I can do it again next month. Their entire buying strategy, their entire investment strategy is based on the availability of money. Every wholesaler that's doing volume is based on their price is based on how the how the numbers line up against the ARV based on the availability of money. When you understand that, you now can walk into any aspect of the business on the selling side, on the buying side, on the renting side. But it all stems around understanding how the dollar is structured. And from there, there's no part of the business you can't walk into intimately because the capital provider is the one that's carving up all the risk, identifying the best ways to structure the deal, what deals to avoid and why, because the risk falls more on the lender more than anyone else in the entire transaction. So anytime you hear a buyer say, I'm taking all the risk, no, you're not. The lender is taking all the risk. Buyers are putting up 10 or 20%. The lender is putting up the other 80. The biggest risk comes to the lender. So the lender is going to make sure that the deal is structured for the buyer to be successful. The buyer is going to base their model on the availability of money. The sellers are going to base the price based on the availability of money to the buyers who are basing their investment strategy on the availability of money. It all centers around the way the dollar is structured. That's why when you understand the money, you understand the business. Great answer. Uh, you, you know, I, I've always wanted to go down this path. I, I didn't know what to call it. I, I knew I wanted, uh, for, I guess, more of a spiritual side. I always wanted it to be the lender. I just didn't know where those rules were, how to get, you know, get to uh, that side of things. 
And so as I'm going through the smart money blueprint and I'm going through all the videos, I just now got to volume two and I'm really excited. Okay. Um, Cause I was up uh, uh, all last night uh, looking at oh, it. You were, you're churning through it. You went oh, through yeah. at least 15, 12 to 15 hours. At least. I've nonstop because uh, this is to, for me, this is very, to me, it's life-changing. You, you told okay. me something. And it was really going to be my next question anyway. You said that uh, when you become the broker in, in this situation, everybody's going to come to you. And so for me, and something else you also told me about, and I probably should have led with this, and it's actually one of the first things you say uh, in your program is if you're coming into this um, and you're not going to have the highest sense of integrity and more and morality, this ain't for you, right? It's not for you. And so for me, I'm trying to make sure I understand, right? I'm trying to get as much wisdom and knowledge. I know I'm probably going to have to go through it another time and another time. I'm not trying to get it all in one time, but I really want to understand it. As I'm going through this, I'm preparing myself because I know everybody's going to be coming to me. And I want to, at the very least, have done my due diligence uh, to be the best version of myself in those moments. And you're preparing us. And matter of fact, if you also, if you could talk about something that you sent me the other day through DM about how this program is being carved out for the lending industry. I'm talking to you in the middle of you revolutionizing the lending industry. So I actually, the goal with the smart money blueprint, right? When you, when people, when when people say they want to get into real estate, right? Very common things. I want to get into real estate by wholesaling. It's the lowest barrier of entry. No, it's not. What people really mean is that wholesaling is the easiest way to get into real estate because I don't really have to put up any money. Not true. Even when you're putting up wholesale deals, the sellers are going to want some form of an earnest deposit. And sometimes 100 bucks, 50 bucks, 200 bucks. Money nonetheless. The thing about it is that wholesaling Fix, fix and flips, rentals, Airbnb, short-term rentals. These are strategies in real estate investing. I'm going to make selling money a strategy in real estate investing just the same as wholesaling, flipping houses, and doing short-term rentals. I'm going to create an entire new category in the space because, you know, to that point, you do so much less that you can run um, wholesaling. I mean, you can run selling money in volume without buyer, without contracts, without walking houses. That means that your buyer, your buyer pool is endless. Anywhere that your message can get means you have a customer. When you're wholesaling, you're limited to the number of houses that you can walk, the number of contracts you can, you can secure. The thing about selling money is that you talk to a hundred investors and say, "Hey, you. Um, I know, I know a lender that has phenomenal terms. You'd be interested in getting more information about them." Hundred of a hundred times, they're going to say, "Yeah." Everyone wants more options to money. Everyone wants more access to capital. And when you are the provider of that, everyone is your customer, right? Yeah. I feel like I got I got turned off. I really get excited about this. So I want to make sure I answered your question. No, well, I probably threw like 10 questions at you at once. <laughs> so if I'm going to be the person and whoever decides to go through your program is going to be the, the person that's uh, that everybody wants, they're going to have access to capital. To me, it's just so important to gain the knowledge and the, and the wisdom to be able to give people the right information. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Go ahead. I'm on it. I'm jump go ahead. In. Do you know how long it takes for an investor to sniff out someone who's new to the real estate investing business? Not long at all. May, maybe 60 seconds. Yeah. Do you know how long it takes for an investor who's been in the game, who's done volume, to know that the person who is giving them access or information about a hard money loan, you know how long it takes them to figure it out? Maybe 45 seconds. Mm. Two, three questions, right? And they know right out the gate, you don't know what you're talking about. And the thing about investors, and, and this is, I think like this is more like a, a human nature thing. One, an investor, especially one who's doing high volume, when they think you don't know what you're talking about, you're done. That'll forever be their impression of you. 
five years, 10 years later, there are still people today. When I first got into business 14 years ago, the number one thing, they, the only thing they can think of me is, you know what the fuck you was talking about. You know what the hell you was talking about when we spoke. So I'm good. And then from there, that's the only thing that they all wrap their head around. Because you got to think about it, right? In real estate investing, these people are putting up thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars, non-refundable. Why would I risk $5,000 for you who don't know what the hell you're talking about, who's supposed to fund my deal in 14 days, in 21 days? Yet you can't even answer the most basic questions about something that I've already got going, that I'm already doing, but now you and I meet, you tell me about this great loan product, but you cannot answer a single question. Absolutely not. Why would I risk losing money on someone who doesn't even understand what it is they're even selling? It's not worth it. And my only impression of you forever will be, he tried to pitch me on something. He know what he was talking about. I'm good. A year later, I'm good. Two years later, still good. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, I've lost respect for you as a professional. And that's what, so that's what I say. You know, I and when someone, I, when I was talking to someone, and I was like, yeah, this is how you make money. They were like, well, if you're you're selling a a program, and why would you tell people exactly what to do? I said, you know what? Go talk to ten. Go talk to ten investors and pitch them money, not understanding it. You see how many of them will submit a deal, and the ones that do submit a deal, see how long you can fake the funk before they're like, "Hey, I'm good." People are not going to risk their hard-earned money, not even just their money. When a buyer does not perform to the seller. They lose their credibility yep. because it takes you one time to not perform on a as a buyer to a seller, and that seller will never sell to you again. And the one thing that a lot of people don't realize, the real estate investing industry is small as hell. Everyone is one phone call away from validation, from identifying whether they're credible or not. I kid you not. Everyone is one degree of separation from someone calling and being like, is this person serious or not? So what will happen is people will go out there and say, hey, man, spoke to a lender. Uh, hey, I want to go ahead and get you a deal done. Cool. Uh, what's your what LTV you go up to? What do you mean? Nah, get out of my face, man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it, and it happens just like that. So the reason why I love being as open about the concept of I, this is the, the, I'll explain the concept very simply. Find an investor, find a lender, connect them, make money. What you'll learn is that as, as easy as that sounds, it is not as simply, it's not as simple as you think. As easy as that sounds, it is not as simple as you think. You have to know how to talk to people. And that's why it only takes an investor 45 seconds because they'll start asking you, they'll start using terminology and verbiage that'll qualify whether you understand the business or not. Uh, what's your LTC requirements? What do you mean LTC? Don't worry about it. I think I know what that LTV? one. I think I know that one. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's LTC, see. Uh, is it loan to cost? There it is. Okay. So and imagine. The, the other one I'm trying to learn is, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the acronym. DST. LTV. What was the DSTR? DSCR. What, 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 is, what does that one mean again? Debt service coverage ratio. There it is. That's the one I so got. So now check this, Go check this out. So for me, who's buying five um, and flips to make them into rentals a month, right? Mm -hmm. I say, hey, what's your DSER requirement? What do you mean DSER? <laughs> I'm going to get a loan from you and you don't know what your DSER requirements mm -hmm. are. You don't know what DSER means. We're good. Right. That simple. And right there, the only thing I will ever think of you is that you don't even know what the hell DSCR means. Right. So you'll, you've forever lost credibility with me or you're a long ways down the road before I will ever even entertain a conversation of doing business with you. That's what the Smart Money Blueprint teaches you. The literacy, the, the competency that lets you walk into a room, speak to an investor, not only speak their language, but show them your value for them to know this is the right person I need to be doing business with. And no matter who you are, you cannot fake the funk on that level of competency because that only comes in one of two ways. Really getting the download from someone or something that is heavily entrenched in the game or being in the game for a long, long time to understand it.
And my thought was, for me who's been in the game and seeing how unavailable this information is, just as importantly, no one is teaching people this business. The opportunities just, it made too much sense, right? Mm -hmm. So the smart money blueprint allows you to walk in and say, I know what that means. Hey, lender, what is your DSCR requirements? LTC, LTV, and you actually know what that means. So when you meet someone to pitch them on the loan program, they're going to ask you those, those questions, those qualifying questions, know that you understand it, and now they're interested in doing business with you. And the cool thing about working with investors is that once you land them one time, they become repeat customers. So well, these investors, you don't have to seek them out. They will seek you out especially if you provide them exceptional service, which we dive into. I have whole chapters around making sure the service you provide, this is the level of service you need to an investor to make to make them be calling you, not you calling them. For me, this is a huge responsibility, right? And, you know, when we spoke last time, uh, you know, not on, on the podcast, just one-on-one. -on -one. Um, one thing that you were telling me is, hey, I know you're putting out this content and a lot of it is uh, trusted information, reliable sources, uh, well-documented. That's just the kind of person I am. I want to make sure that if I'm pushing something out, I don't, I can, I can push, uh, push it out and then walk away and feel good about uh, coming back to it and I don't have my whole page blown up or like, my podcast blown up because right. I'm telling lies and I know people right. are experiencing that. So to me, this is a huge responsibility. And I told you earlier in this episode that I have come across, you know, the idea of hard money lending. And I know there are other people teaching stuff and I've, you know, I've studied and looked and said, okay, well, let me learn about it. But the difference between what they were doing and what you're doing is you're going in depth. A lot of what I've seen before is, hey, this is a, a way for you to make money, but then nothing about the actual literacy of it all, right? And so I would have, if I had went down that particular pathway, I would have been standing outside, you know, saying, hey, I got money over here. And then they would have asked some qualifying questions and I would have had no idea of what to do. So I'm kind of glad that I didn't go that path. And it reminds me of something that you probably have said, and I don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way, but you've probably said this a thousand times throughout the entire program, relationships, right? So me having the opportunity to meet you and we're beginning to, uh, to build this relationship to me is so powerful because if I don't meet you, then I'm just standing on the street yelling about how I got money and then people are just walking by and not trusting me because I haven't necessarily done my due diligence and haven't necessarily aligned with the right relationships. Right. So, you know, the, the, the thing of the reason why I, uh, I, relationships, I, I say in throughout the entire series, there's nothing more important in any part of this business than relationships, because when you establish a relationship, it can survive the most extreme difficulties that are going to come in this business. I'm going to tell you, like, this business can be, not can be, it is very stressful because from the minute when these investors put up their money, it's go, go, go. I got, I got 21 days. I haven't heard from you in a day. I haven't heard from you. You know, I hit you up at 10. I haven't heard from you before. There's stress, right? Because there's always the opportunity for them to lose money. And the thing about relationships not just with your customer, but with your capital provider, is that if you establish a relationship properly, it can survive even the most tumultuous times, even in non-performance. An established relationship will allow your relationship to survive non-performance, right? And that means that the way you establish that relationship is by providing a service that cannot be rivaled, that service that is second to none. So, in situations where, and there are, there are, I've, at the time, I've lost relationships because I lacked service. And when I lacked in service, I realized that those, some relationships cannot be recovered 
based on the way I performed at the service level. Mm. Similarly, there are some relationships that I burned by, you know, taking your file to two people. And I said, I want both of y'all to work it at the same time, but I'm not going to tell you that I have both of you working at the same time. So when them two happen to get together for lunch, which the industry does multiple times a quarter, hey, you know, Adonis, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, he sent me a uh, $500,000 deal in North Dallas. He sent me a $500,000 deal in North Dallas. What's the address? Holy snap. Wow. He got us both working the deals. You know what? Why don't we both decline it and both of us not work with Adonis? Yup. Mm. And now both of them will call me and say, decline. And then one of them will be like, hey, next time you decide to have me and my team work while you're working with Tim, who I'm good friends with, just don't. Now I've lost, I've burned that relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And now that one feat has cost me the opportunity of doing business with both of them. However, when you have a strong enough relationship with these people, I can tell one person, one person two, hey, I got it in with him, got it in with her. Just in case you fall short, I just want you to know that people will respect that. And that's what creates a strong relationship because of transparency. Because, hey, I'm giving you I'm giving you the customer service, a high level of service. I'm giving professional courtesies to the guys I'm doing business with. I'm establishing a relationship of transparency that everyone respects. So even if I have to pull the file from even one of them, they respect it because I was forthright. I was very direct about where we are, what we're doing. And they and I gave them the decision to participate in a deal or opt out. And people respect you for giving them the opportunity or the to make the decision whether they want to be involved. Your uh, program, is, you're saying it's going to be adopted by the lending industry for those who are entering in? Or how is that working? You were telling Not me. Not going to be. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I launched the Smart Money Blueprint 60 days ago. It has already oh, been, only been 60 days, only been 60 days. Wow. I've been, I've been working on it for like a year. Right, right, right. So, oh, so mind you, you, you've watched, uh, so there's almost 40 hours of content. Volume one took me like four months to record, mm. right? Volume two. So volume one took me like oh, what, five or about five months to record. I had to go back in when I went through and watched it. Fuck, I forgot something. I had to go back and record. The times have changed. I go back in and record. And so it took me six months to record volume one. It took me three months to record volume two. I'm in the middle of recording volume three. This is a easily a year in the work in the making. So I've been screaming from the mountaintops. This is coming soon. The moment I released it happened. One of the owners of one of the largest private money lending companies um, I had, he overheard me having a conversation about it, sat me down, tell me about smart money blueprint. I explained it. He was like, you're telling me you have 40 hours of how to teach people how to properly submit deals. He was like, I was like, yeah, he was like, I got 14,000 brokers, 500 submit deals. I only closed about 200 of them. Mm. He said, so the other 13,500 brokers, I spend millions of dollars in man hours just just throwing away garbage. They just throw it against the wall. I want to make this, I want to license this and make it a B2B play. So you want to take this? Absolutely. Two weeks later, conference. So apparently he told the head of the conference about this program that's going to allow people, allow these different lenders to come in, use this education to qualify, you know, get quality brokers who are sending them deals. They came over, said, explain this program to me. So I explained the whole B2B model. But then I also explained to them, this is a way for people to understand how to get into the business. Mm -hmm. This is a way for them to understand etiquette, to understand the requirements, because it, it has taken me 10 years and dozens and dozens of failed relationships to understand etiquette, protocol, you know what I mean? To understand what the industry wants. And that's because the industry, there was nothing that said, here's how you properly step into the space. And here's how you properly engage with your customers and your backers and your third party people, right? No one explained that to me. I spent 10 years in trial and error. So when they understood that there was this, de this degree of information, they said, 
We want to make this the foundation of people coming into the business. Mm -hmm. So not only at this conference did they say, hey, we're going to make this the foundation. They actually let me create on a one-day conference. Half of that day is for new people and small shops on how to get into the business, the etiquettes, the protocols, but then how to take a small operation and make it a big operation. The, 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 the lending industry as a whole adopted this overnight. Wow. Almost unanimously. Powerful. So now, congratulations. Here's, thank you. Here is the even cooler part about that. The private lending industry has adopted Smart Money Blueprint as the foundation in which someone who can get into the space, you need to learn at this level, right? With these protocols that we've signed off on. Here's one of the bigger things that came with this. Now, I just explained earlier in this episode that when I go to a room of 600 people attending, there's usually about, you know, about 10 to 20 brown, black and brown people. We now have a seat at the table. Right. We have a voice. So now I'm the voice of the small shop. I'm the voice of the new broker. I'm the voice of black and brown. We're now at the table. So to me, that's true black equity. Right. I was looking on social media the other day just to let the audience in a little bit because I'm watching. I'm a I'm an observer. I pay close attention and I want to know what's going on in our ecosystem of investing and uh, wealth conversations. The, these conversations that you have uh, pushed out into this to the world has now you get you're on stages at family offices, family office events. Now, the, now, for those who don't understand i think we had a episode maybe a year or so ago a, a lot of wealth is generated through family offices for those who've never even heard of it what types of conversations are you having with family offices why are they asking you to speak on those stages and what does that mean for the future of of your brand and then of course the people that come behind you you know it's funny you just said it i didn't even know what a family office was until a year ago but little do most people know, family offices control half of the real estate industry. Or no, no, half of real estate. Right, 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 right. So at these family office conferences, these people, we're not talking about buying and selling houses, funding houses. These people were like, hey, you know, in Florida, from Sunny Isles up to uh, North Miami, every high rise there, we own them. Those were the, hey, you know that one on um, North 46th Street, uh, that one that sold for $500 million? Yeah, my group bought it. That was you? Absolutely. Yeah, we ended up blah, blah, blah. And these guys are talking about exchanging deals at four $500 million per transaction casually. Mm. The same way we're talking about this $100,000 flip. These guys are casual. Yeah, you know, I bought that one on 46, the, the 80, the 50 story for 400 million. We put 150 million renovation and now we got a billion one valuation on it. Okay, well, if you're interested, I'll buy it from you. Okay, let's talk after the meeting. Hmm. Powerful. You know, you know, it's funny. It's like, you know why I, it wasn't until a year ago I heard it? Because I'm not qualified to be in those rooms, or at least at the time I wasn't. That's the beauty of it. When you understand how money works, you know where to go. You know how to follow it. And once you make it into the room and you really understand it, that's when people, and there's people who are going to help pull you along, right? There are going to be people who have absolutely nothing to do with you. Those same guys, when I came up and talked to them, oh, what do you do? Oh, I got a private lending shop, you know, trying to raise a hundred million. Hmm. A little too light for me. Move on. I want to talk to that guy that's buying $500 million deals, not trying to raise a hundred. Like, so there are going to be people that's like, Hey, come on along. I want to, you know, because they're going to nurture you to be their customer, to be their business partner. They're going to nurture you to bring them all of your deals. You got to know what the, where the commerce, what the conversation is to even know where to go to be in those rooms. And the funny thing is when you go to their conference, when you go to their websites, it doesn't say family offices trading $500 million deals. 
It says, hey, secondary market doing third, third, third dairy market transactions with this and that. And by the time you get a reading and you're like, what the hell are they even talking about? And they are cryptic for a reason. You go, I can send you a dozen websites. You'll go and read. And you won't have any idea what they're talking about. But the people who are in the space will know exactly what they're saying. And they make it a point. And they've told me this firsthand that they are as cryptic as humanly possible so that any one person cannot just go into the website and walk into the room. You have to be qualified to walk into the room. Right? Yeah. So what I wanted to do was give people the opportunity to empower themselves one, on understanding how the money works so they can, you know, even if they, and again, some people don't want to, you know, sell and, and talk to a bunch of people. Some people want to understand it so that they can manipulate money to benefit them and their personal portfolio. Volume three is exactly that, how to hack private money to start growing scale your own personal portfolio. I own over 60 rental properties that I bought all in the last three years. Mm. And two apartment complexes all in the last three years. Because when I understood how the money works, I understood how to hack it to my benefit. Wow. You know, Adonis, I I just want to say thank you because, you know, I reached out to you. You didn't have to respond. We didn't have to communicate. We didn't have to talk. But you've been uh, open to sharing with me this information I know you had a chance uh, to check out our content. So you saw uh, the work that we were doing. Um, for me, I'm an advocate for wealth. And uh, to be able to have the opportunity uh, to go through your course, to have uh, conversations with you, uh, it's been eye-opening. And uh, I don't take it lightly. And so I just want to say up front that I appreciate you. I appreciate the work that you're doing. You are a trailblazer. I'm sure you know that part already. And uh, I, I said in the middle of this episode that you are revolutionizing the lending industry, whether the lending industry knows it or not, because uh, I think there's going to be some people that are, are about to walk in now who maybe never even knew that they have this opportunity. Uh, so what do you want to say to those people who are uh, about to walk through those doors and help you revolutionize this world? I first want to ask you a question because sure. I have not asked you this question okay. and uh, I may be putting myself out there, okay. but I'm going to ask for what you've seen so far in the Smart Money Blueprint, the whole education series, how to make money, selling money. I want your honest feedback in this sure. forum okay. of the quality of the information, the quality of the production and the course overall. So when I was going through the course, the thing I can't, now that you've told me that, you know, it's taking you six months to, to do it. I was when I was going through the course, I was like, is he just spitting this off the top of his head? Because like I didn't see you reading nothing. You're just you're just on it. Right. And to me, it's a wealth of knowledge and information. There is this uh, scripture. I might butcher it a little bit. It says, get wisdom, get understanding. Uh, if you have to sell everything you have, uh, get understanding something along those lines is a proverb. And so I'm going through your course and I'm like, man, I wish I would have had access to this sooner. Oh, because I, like I said, I've been trying to study this lending industry. And I told you that I was very uh, vulnerable and uh, upfront with you. Right. I'm a lender. I just didn't know where <laughs> that's who I am. I just didn't know. Right. So to me, it's an a plus and anybody who knows me, if it ain't, if it ain't on point, I'll just tell people to their face. That's just the way I am. And it is what it is. But it's A plus because you're teaching me. Uh, when I was going through the first part, I was like, well, I thought I was learning how to sell the money. Because the first part is not really about selling the money. Selling money. Okay. It's really like more like I'm a borrower and I need to learn um, uh, all the steps uh, uh, needed in order to be the best borrower or investor possible. And I'm like, well, is this really for me? And then I get maybe to the second or third chapter. I'm like, well, this is for me because after I learn how to sell the money, I'm going to be going through this process uh, uh, as, as the investor. And so, so it's, to me, it's been eye-opening uh, to go through. So right? that's the thing, right? Volume one, 14 hours, everything you need to know about private loans and hard money lending. Yeah. Volume one is a download. Everything you need to know. Volume two, 
how to make money selling money. Right. Another separate 15 hours of how to make money selling money. Volume three, another separate 12 hours, how to hack private money to start growing scale your personal real estate investing business. I'm glad you did that because if I had just a lot of people or not a lot, but there are people out there who are just trying to go straight to volume two when they're like approaching me with the information. They're like, hey, you this it's almost like a not a rich quick scheme, but it, they kind of treat it like that, right? Exactly that. Yep. Right. And so you didn't do that. So I'm going through volume one. I'm like, I thought we was getting to the money. Right? I thought we was going to get to the money. Exactly. <laughs> and so I'm going to mention a word about you ain't saying nothing about, about money. Not a word. I mean, we're talking about money. But not in that context, right? And so I'm going through this. I'm like, wait, well, I think I see what he's doing here. He's basically opening the palace doors and saying, you're you're now in here. Let me give you the full game. And then by the time you get to the end of volume one, you're like, wait, I think I understand a new language. I'm starting to understand a new language. So yep. then by the time you're talking about selling the money, now I've been prepared. Now I don't. Now I don't. Uh, don't feel like. Wait, you know, I'm going to potentially be dealing with a ten million dollar uh, deal or a twenty million dollar deal, and I have no idea what to do next. Well, you prepared right. me prior to it, and so that's my honest feedback. I'm going through volume two now, and I don't feel overwhelmed with volume two of you know getting everything prepared, making sure the uh, credibility, uh, having the company uh, be where it needs to be. It's like, oh well, this is going to be a a multi million dollar company. Because I know the groundwork foundation of it all. And right. I, 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 it took me a second. I almost sent you a message. Like, am I going, <laughs> am I going through the right one? I say, bro, you kind of upsold me on this. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, as I'm going through it, I'm like, it makes sense. Don't you know what, build man, I, on sand. Build on You cannot foundation. build on sand. Yeah. The found, And I, I was just going to say, you have to have the foundation to build a skyscraper. And yeah. you don't build skyscrapers on sand. So, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because now what that tells me is that I need to do a better job on the introduction of the concept of explaining, here's what you're going to get. Because you're right, when, when we're going through it, it does leave a lot to be desired because you're 18 modules in and you haven't heard a single word on how do I start monetizing this? So what, I, what I'm going to do is this week, the next week, I'm going to go in and I'm going to update the intro to make sure it explains here's what you're going to get and the doses in which you're going to get it. So it's crystal clear. We got a meeting. It's crystal clear about what you're going to get. So I'll get that cleaned up. Adonis, I look forward to I'm going to keep going through it. I know you got to go. Uh, I look forward to staying connected. I just want to say thank you again. And for the people who are listening to this, there'll be a link. Uh, I don't make any. Uh, there's no. Uh, what is it? Uh, I don't make, you're not, yeah, you're not I'm not making anything from this. <laughs> right. I really right. want people to get access. That's my biggest thing. I just want us to have access. So, the, and if you have access and you don't do nothing with it, then hey, that's on you. So, there'll right. be a link on this episode. Get access, get this information. And I really do believe that this is our time to be the lender and uh, get into that frequency. And so I want to- Here's the other thing about it too, because, you know, and I didn't mention this enough. You can be the lender with someone else's money. I know. Everyone always wants other people's money. I'll buy with other people's money, you know, do this with other people's money, sell other people's money. There's nothing easier to sell on this earth than attention and money. Nothing easier. Especially, money. especially when you understand, like you were saying on volume one, understand your products and understand uh, the, the new language that you're presenting to us. If right. It's one thing to say, I'm going to sell money. But then if you don't know what you're talking about, then I don't know. But because you prepare us, I feel very confident and competent that I, I can just talk to someone and say, look, this is what we're doing. And so I appreciate that. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, I'm on my on my social media, I'm dropping nuggets daily. You know, there's you know little clips from the, the smart money blueprint, you know, every way that I can kind of let people, you know, make it known that there is an opportunity for you to get access to 
the best kept secret in the industry. I'm putting it out there. And and I, and I, and I, and I, you hear that stuff a lot, the best kept secret, but I'm so serious. Like the fact that people don't even know that this is a thing tells you that that is not by happenstance. And I want everyone to be crystal clear. The reason why y'all don't know it's a thing because the industry has made it very clear they don't want you to know it's a thing. Otherwise, it would be everywhere. The same way wholesaling, flipping, et cetera, is. This is a closed door concept that I'm making available to everybody. And what I've also learned, and I just found this out the other week, the biggest lenders in the space, the moment they heard about it, and, and one of the guys from one of these companies told me, they, they started reaching out to me one by one and to talk about how we can work together because they realized that if I created thousands of people who are pushing money, they know that at some point there's going to be an opportunity for me to say, send your business here. And what they positioned themselves to do was partner with me so that when I started making recommendations, their shop fell in line versus them, me having thousands of people who subscribe that I'm sending them here versus to their shop. Right. The industry is adopting this overnight because the industry is also smart enough to know that if they don't innovate, they're going to get left behind. And one by one, they're all lining up to say, hey, how can we be part of this? That's why overnight we got picked up by the conference, because if the conference is embracing this, if these organizations are embracing it, they're going to be part of the wave, not watching it. These guys are very smart, and one by one, they're lining up to be part of that movement, and everyone now has access to get in front of the people that control the money industry in real estate investing. That's what's available to them. Adonis Lockett, thank you so much for the work that you are doing. Uh, I'd love to have you back, maybe uh, a year from now or sooner. Come on back. Let's continue the conversation. Uh, by then... Uh, I'll have my uh, my capital company you have your own shop set up. <laughs> and uh, right. we'll be helping the next uh, person uh, come up as well. Uh, thank Absolutely. you again uh, for being a guest here on Black Equity Podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the time.